Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So we're in the season of Hanukkah, and we've been focusing on Hanukkah for a couple weeks, and we'll continue to do that as we enter into the, the week of Hanukkah. Super excited about that. And uh, so today what I want to do is I want to talk about Hanukkah and how we light up our world. Uh, what I want to do is I want to talk about the twin themes of this season of Hanukkah, of what Hanukkah means. And the twin themes of Hanukkah are dedication to God, to His ways, and also the light of the world that comes to reveal who God is and His ways. So these are the twin themes, dedication and light, that we dedicate ourselves to Jesus, the light of the world, who comes to reveal to us who God is, who we are, and what He expects of us. And so that is the great double theme of the week of Hanukkah. So today what I want to focus on is Yeshua being the light and revelation of God. The light and revelation of God. And if Jesus is the light of God, and He is, what does that mean for us? And what, more importantly, does that make us as his followers. I'm going to recap a little bit. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 says this. This is the message we have heard from him. Speaking of Yeshua, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. Think about that. God is light. And what does that mean? What does that communicate? It's that God is alive. He's living. He's the living God. And He is full of life. In Him, life originates. In Him, life proceeds and goes forth. In Him is also the revelation of reality. Revelation of what is true. He comes to show us truth concerning everything seen and unseen. Now we saw this last week, didn't we? That the Messiah is ordained by God to bring his light into our world. We read last week from an ancient Jewish commentary. It's called uh, Yokut Shimoni. It's a Jewish commentary on Isaiah chapter 60. And listen to what it says concerning the Messiah even before the creation of our world. Quote, speaking of the light of God, this is Messiah's light in order to teach you that the eternal saw Messiah's generation and his avodah or service before creation and hid him away under his throne of glory. Satan asked him, Lord of the universe, this light that is under your throne of glory, who is it for? The eternal one answered, it is reserved for he who will crush you. Unquote. Now that is fascinating in every sense. The import, the ramifications are staggering. The light of Messiah that brings salvation to all of us is the very light that will crush the serpent's head. Messiah himself is the light of God. 
the light bearer of God, I should say. In him is the light of God. In him is salvation and life. And in him, the enemy will be crushed. So, God is light. He is life. He's the revealer of truth. And he sent his son to reveal his light, to reveal his life, and to reveal truth. And everyone who believes in him, Yeshua, the light of the world, will not perish, but have life forever. In John chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus said something that is very, very uh, interesting. He said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I think what we do is we focus on the fact that he is the light of the world. And he is. But look what precedes that. The statement that while I'm in the world. And what does that mean? Doesn't that imply that maybe he, the light of the world, will be leaving our world? Later on in John chapter 12 and verse 35, he goes on to say, For a little while longer the light is among you. What does that insinuate? That's right, the light is leaving. He's leaving. He says, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. Jesus will leave this world. In fact, after his resurrection, he will ascend into the heavenlies and be seated at the right hand of God. He will no longer be in our world. Does this mean that there's no longer any light in our world? Is there no light available to us? John chapter 12 and verse 36 states this. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Interesting. You become sons of light. The light is leaving, but he's imparting that light to others so that when he leaves, his light still is here. And where is that light invested? That light is invested in you, the followers of the Messiah. You become the light bearers. You now become the light of the world. He is investing in you his mission to accomplish on earth while he is accomplishing it in heaven. Isn't that amazing? You are the light of the world. In fact, he actually says that in Matthew chapter 5 in verse 14. Verbatim, he says, you, speaking of his followers, you are the light of the world. I don't know about you. That excites me. That means I'm somebody. That means I'm a person of influence. I'm an influencer, right? I bring light into darkness. I bring the revelation of God to those who are walking in darkness. You and I, the light of God, the light of the world, are the hope of all those around us. We are the representatives of Messiah in this world. We are diplomats of heaven. We're ambassadors of the King of heaven. We bear his light. Isn't that exciting? You are to bring light, revelation, and life to all those around you who live in the darkness of lies and deceit, 
seduced by sin and tormented by shame and guilt. You get to bring the love of God into that, the revelation of God, that very forgiveness of sin, a release from guilt and shame so that people around you can experience a new life in him, a forever life. Matthew 5, 14 through 15 says, A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. What does that mean? When you light a light, why would you light a light? What is the purpose in lighting a light? Is it not to reveal what's in the darkness? Isn't that the purpose of lighting a light? If you want to see what is in a dark room, you turn on the light. If we're the light of God, what does that mean? It means we are there to reveal the truths of God. The truths related to living our lives, related to our sexuality, related to how we marry, how we raise kids, how we do business, how we do politics. God weighs in on all of these issues, instructing us how we live in the world that he has given to us. And so if we are the light of the world, what that means is we are here to give that revelation, to share those truths with everyone around us. You don't light a lamp in order to put something over it so that it, it, so that it, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, right? Reveal what's in the dark. You would never do that. That's counterproductive. Do you put on your clothes to take a shower? Of course not. You take your clothes off to take a shower. Well, when you light a light, you do that in order to let that light shine in the darkness. What that means is you and I have a responsibility to share the truths of God with those around us. When we keep our mouths closed in the great debates that are going on all around us in all these areas of human experience, it's like putting a basket over our, our lamp. No, we're not to do that. We're actually to weigh in, to speak the truth in love, to share the love of Messiah, to share the gospel of his kingdom, his rule and his reign, to help people come under that compassionate rule and reign and protection of the living God. We're here to reveal the love of the Father, not hide it from people. We're here to reveal his ways, not hide it so that we can be accepted and popular, right? In fact, when we share the love of God, when we share the gospel of the kingdom, some, they're going to applaud us. Some are going to thank us. Some are going to be indebted to us. But many, many more will hate us, oppress us, persecute us even assault us. Some of us may even be martyred. This world will attempt to do to you what it did to Yeshua, the light of the world, 2,000 years ago. But nonetheless, we are exhorted to share unashamedly the light of God, the light of Messiah, with great passion and conviction in spite of those threats. Verse 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Letting your light shine 
simply means to do good, to do the right thing, to love people, to help those around you, and also to do it in a way that God gets the glory, to do it in a way that communicates, look, God loves me. He's given so much to me. That's why I'm giving so much to you is because he first loved me and he loves you. And, and so I do these things out of a heart of gratitude for the living God who sent his son to die on a cross to forgive us of our sins. When we couple together our good works with the message of the gospel, this brings glory to God. So let's focus a little bit more on light. Let's continue to define what it means to be children of the light. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6, Paul starts out by saying, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So we have a contrast here. We are called the sons of light, the children of light. And those that are dwelling in darkness are referred to as the sons of disobedience, the children of disobedience. Children of obedience, children of disobedience, children of light, and children of darkness. The children in the darkness disobey the ways of God. They're seduced, they're deceived, and they live in contrast to God's ways. This is what it means to dwell in darkness. Ultimately, if a person doesn't come into the light, they'll experience the anger and the punishment of God. He's a righteous God. He's a righteous judge. He will judge the world. But he's offered through his son the reconciliation and the forgiveness of our sins and the offer to become his kids, children of the light. God is light, and we can become his children, light beings, life bearers, life givers, if you will. In keeping God's commandments, we are manifested and vindicated as the children of the light. Verse 7, Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. you got to go beyond a confession. It's, it's more than saying, I believe in Jesus. It's more than pointing back to a time where you bowed your knee for the first time and got baptized. No, no, it's more than a confession. It's a way of life. And see, when you walk in the light, when you walk in the commandments, that vindicates your witness. When you say, oh yeah, I'm a believer. Guess what? A lot of people may not give you the benefit of the doubt, but when you do good deeds and when you love those around you and when you share the truths of God, people will look and say, yeah, he's a real believer. He's the real deal. That's why we're called to walk as children of the light. Not just believe, but walk in a manner worthy of that confession. And as we walk in the ways of God, we are vindicated as the children of the light. Ephesians 5, 9 through 10. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness, and truth. Did you catch that? The fruit of the light. What does the light produce? What kind of fruit comes as a result of the light being in us? It says it produces 
all goodness, that it actually is manifested in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Let's look at goodness first. God is good. What is the opposite of good? Evil. We're to be those who are walking and producing and thriving and giving the good versus the evil. We do good versus doing evil. And God defines what is good and what is evil. He's the one that gives us the definitions. This world turns it all around. They say what is good is evil and what is evil is good. They completely flip-flop it. Look what God has to say on any given subject and then look at what the world says. It's usually polar opposite and it's more clear today than ever before. The darkness in this world is darker than it's ever been before at any other time in history. It's just systemic throughout the world. We're to be preoccupied with the good versus the evil and also righteousness. It produces righteousness. This is an amazing concept to be right with God, to be right with one another. This comes by his grace and through being empowered by his spirit, walking in his ways. This is amazing in every way. We're to be people of good versus people of evil, people of the truth versus people of the lie. And as children of the light, it goes on to say, we're to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Our hearts should be, God, what pleases you? Because that's what I want to do. We need to find the heart of God, the will of God, what God says is important. And that's what we need to focus on, to be pleasing to him. I want to jump and shift gears a little bit and uh, jump uh, into another uh, book that, of course, the Apostle Paul um, is writing. And that's going to be the book of Acts, chapter 26. And the context is uh, the Jewish apostle Paul being sent to reveal the light of God to the Gentiles. So let's jump into verse 26, or Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. It says this, that Paul was sent to open their eyes, the eyes of the Gentiles, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light so that they might turn from evil to the good, turn to the truth and away from the lies. Okay? So he was sent so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. From light to light. God is the true light. His son came to bear witness of the light. He was sent as the light of God to become the light of the world. And Paul says, I've come to the Gentiles to help them to turn from darkness to that very light, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance that is eternal. So what does Paul do? He preaches the gospel. And through faith in Jesus, we move from one domain, the domain of Satan, from Satan's rule and reign over to the rule and reign of God through Christ in his kingdom. 
This, of course, is all pictured in Hanukkah. All of these ideas about light and dedication and what it means to be holy are seen in the festival of Hanukkah. This is the season of Hanukkah. The big question is, is how can you and I light up our world in 2020? There's three things. I'm going to focus on Romans chapter 13. Three things we can do in order to light up our world. Number one, wake yourself up. Wake yourself up in the realization that the end of this age is closer than ever before. I'm going to talk about this next week. I'm super jazzed about this. Where are we in the scheme of things, right? How close to the end are we? I want to give you a picture of what's coming in our future, and it's closer than it's ever been before. I think you'll be really excited about it. It's not about date setting. I'm not going to do any of that hokey pokey stuff that everyone's done forever and ever, and they're always wrong. But I will give you a context and some big picture items to help us to understand where we're at in relationship to the return of the Messiah. But back to this. What we need to do is kind of shake ourselves and wake ourselves up in the realization that the end is closer than it's ever been before. So number one, Romans 13, verse 11. Do this, do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. Now that's true in every generation. But let me remind you, it's been 2,000 years, approximately, since the ascension of the Messiah. And a lot is going on in our world. And we're seeing things we've never seen in any generation prior to us. In fact, it's our generation who's witnessing things that, that no, other gen, no other generation saw for 2,000 years. And I think it really sets up the framework for where we're at in relationship to the return of the Messiah. Number two. Second thing we can do, wake ourselves up, right? The end is coming. Number two, give up your dark ways and put on the power of the light. Turn away from darkness. Turn away from deception. Turn away from living a lie. Take off your mask. Come out of your cages, right? Let's get real with God. Let's realize who we are. Let's take the power of the light of God and live for him. Romans 13, 12. The night is almost gone. The day is near. Speaking of the return of the Messiah, the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness. You're not of that kingdom. Let it go. It's not who you are. Let go of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Notice Paul call, calls it a piece of armor, that light actually functions as a piece of armor in our warfare against the lies and the deceptions of darkness. The light of truth, an effective weapon against the darkness of seduction and lie. We have work to do, people. We have work to accomplish. Let's wake ourselves up. Let's embrace the light. And let's get to work and advance the kingdom of Messiah in this world, in this season, in 2020. 
this season of Hanukkah that we're coming into right now is a season of rededicating our whole being in all of our ways to Jesus, the light of God. That's one of the things with Hanukkah, dedication. They dedicated the temple of God and their lives to God. Jesus says, you are the temple of God. You're the temple. Your bodies are temples. Are you dedicating your body to the Lord? Is your body holy unto the Lord? Are your communities holy unto the Lord? This is the season that we dedicate our lives, our bodies, and our communities to God. It's the season of dedication. Romans 13, 13 through 14. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Do not live according to the lust of your flesh. Make no provision for the lust of your flesh. Give no open door to the enemy. Why? Because the enemy is crazier than ever, and he's aggressive, and he is doing everything he can to try to seduce people away from God. Now is not the time to give any foothold to the enemy. Don't you open the door even a crack. Don't you mess in any way with the lust of the flesh because the enemy will do whatever he can to take advantage of that and try to ruin your life. You're of the light. Grab hold of the light. Release the light in your life and through your life to those around you. That's what this season of Hanukkah is all about. It's the festival of light. So next week we'll uh, pick this up and we'll talk more about what it means to uh, be living in the days that we're living in. I'll give you a context for what that looks like. I think you'll be excited about it. Uh, In conclusion today, in application, let's just kind of sum this up. God is light. He sent his son, the Messiah, to bear his light in our world. That's why Jesus is called the light of God. That's why Jesus is called the light of the world. And he has come not only to bring salvation, but to crush the head of the serpent. He gives to us an offer for freedom and liberty. The enemy just wants to hold us in darkness and bondage. Jesus is the bondage breaker. He's the liberator. He came that we might be able to live freely in the truths of God rather than under the dominion of sin and shame. And all who receive him as the light of God can be saved, become the children of light. Now, Jesus did leave 2,000 years ago. He ascended. The light of the world left our world and ascended on high. He did not leave the world without light. Imparted the light into you and me, his followers. You and I, we're the light of the world. We're the light bearers. We have the revelation of God. We have the revelation of truth. We have the revelation of righteousness, that which is good. We have a message of hope, the forgiveness of sins, being reconciled to the Father and moving from the the domain of darkness into the domain of light. That's our charge to advance the kingdom of Messiah, to let our light shine in such a way that people would rush into his kingdom. All of this, again, 
is seen and represented in the festival of light known as Hanukkah. This festival commemorates the light of God to our world. Jesus is that light. He is manifested and symbolized in our Hanukkah menorahs. When you look at the Hanukkah this year, when your kids look at the Hanukkah, remind them it represents the Messiah who is the light of God, the light of the world, who has imparted his light into our hearts and that we are to be light to the world around us. As we jump into the week of Hanukkah, let's do that with great celebration and great joy. Joy in knowing that Jesus is the light of God, the light of the world. Let's make sure that we rededicate ourselves to him as our king and to God's commandments as a way of life. It's who we are. We are light. We are life. And we are the hope of our world to the glory of God. Shabbat Shalom. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way that you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, May Yahweh bless, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we add, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the Prince of Peace, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Receive now the name of Yahweh. Shalom. Shabbat shalom.